Hello, I'm Regina Zona, and this is True Confessions of a Still Fabulous Diva. This is my true confession. I'm obsessed with feng shui. Dictionary.com defines feng shui as the Chinese art or practice of creating harmonious surroundings that enhance the balance of yin and yang, as in arranging furniture or determining the siting of a house. Wikipedia defines feng shui as a Chinese metaphysical and quasi-philosophical system that seeks to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. It is closely linked to Taoism. The term feng shui literally translates as wind-water in English. So I learned about feng shui when uh, many years ago I was dabbling in a new career idea, where I was a personal organizer for Mary Kay directors and consultants. I was writing a book on organization so that basically these women could do what I do in their offices without me. And you can get that book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, And I had heard a little bit about feng shui at that time, so I decided that I would write a chapter in my book about it, about how to feng shui your office. So I bought this book called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by feng shui consultant Karen Rausch. And her writing style is really natural and easygoing and funny, and so I was drawn in. It was a good read. I learned about the practice itself, what it was, and how you can apply it. And soon I realized that the feng shui of my house was actually killing parts of my life. Okay, so maybe that's a little dramatic. I mean, nothing was actually dying. (laughs) But I realized that there were certain things in my home that were completely inauspicious creating bad energy under the principles of feng shui and that the areas in my life that I was struggling with were the areas where these inauspicious elements were placed. So I'll get into some of the principles of feng shui a little later. But to give you an example of what I discovered, I'll give you a little context about what was going on in my life at that time. So my partner and I were living in Connecticut at the time. We lived in a really cute house that both of us loved. Pat was working for a university, and while she loved the job, she really butted heads with her department head. Her department head seemed to be doing everything that they everything that she could to make Pat's life miserable. And Pat was really, really struggling with this job, growing the program exponentially, but fighting at every turn with her department head and always feeling like there was a target on her back. I was at a place where my singing career had completely stalled out. This was close to the time um, after I had gotten fired from that Queen of the Night job. 
So I had stopped singing for a few years and I was trying to decide what I was going to do next. And I made the decision to go back to school and get my doctorate. And while that was a really good thing, I had this sense that my career as a singer was really going nowhere. I was doing this personal organizing thing, which I was good at and people seemed to like me doing, but it was not my passion. It just basically helped me pass the time. And on top of that, both of us were basically living paycheck to paycheck and really struggling to keep afloat. So what I discovered about feng shui was that every area in your home represents an area in your life. And there is, let's call it a blueprint that you place over the layout of your home to find out where those areas are. The areas that your house is divided into um, representing parts of your life are, are areas such as health, career, love and relationships, wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, and so on and so forth. And each area is represented in feng shui by auspicious colors, auspicious objects, and auspicious elements. And ultimately, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you represent these auspicious qualities in the corresponding area in your home. So for instance, the career area in your home represents not only your actual career, but also your life's journey. The auspicious color for career is black or dark navy blue. And the element that represents career is water. So if you wish to enhance your career opportunities and your life journey, you might want to place a fountain or an aquarium in the career area. Or if that isn't possible, sometimes placing a picture of like a flowing river or choosing decorative items that are black or dark blue, those things might help. On the opposite side, uh, on the opposite end of the home, opposite of career, is the fame and reputation area. And that area represents how others perceive you in the world and how they value your contributions. So the auspicious color for fame and reputation is red and the element is fire. So placing red candles in this area or decorating with red decorative items could help enhance this area. Now, just as important as having auspicious items elements in certain areas is also making sure that you don't have inauspicious items in those areas. For instance, in the example that I gave before, fire and water don't play well together, right? So in general, it's not a great idea to have a lot of fire in career or have lots of water in fame and reputation. So getting back to our situation, 
we were having challenges in our careers and in how the world perceived us. And so those areas are career and fame and reputation. In our house, in the career area, remember career is auspicious with water and black. In the career area, we had a fireplace. And in the fame and reputation area, which is red and fire, we had my big black shiny grand piano and black represents water. So what I'm telling you here is that we were screwed. <laughs> so the minute that I realized this, I knew I had to call a professional. Obviously we can't move the fireplace and there was nowhere else in our house that we could have my piano. So I went online and I searched for feng shui consultants in Connecticut. And I found one, the fabulous Nancy, who came over uh, and gave us a consult. So when there are cases such as I've described, it doesn't mean that you have to move. But what you do need to do is you need to put a cure in place that basically changes the inauspicious energy into auspicious energy. So one cure for the fire in career, because we need water in career, was that we placed a large mirror up above the fireplace. A large mirror, mirrors also represent water. So that basically the mirror over the fireplace balances out the fire energy from the fireplace itself. And then we also got an aquarium with live plants and live fish that we placed as close to the career area as we possibly could. So that was the cure for that area. Then in the fame and reputation area where my piano was, we covered the piano with a red blanket and we placed nine votive candles in red candle holders in that area. And that lit up the fire in that area. And there are other things that Nancy pointed out that we addressed, including enhancing our wealth and, rep uh, wealth and prosperity area. Uh, to sort of increase our money and opportunity and also the helpful people area because to make anything happen in our lives, we need angels helping us out. So we enhanced that area. And I know that this is going to sound like an infomercial, but I am telling you the transformation was incredible. About a week after we put all of these cures in place, we randomly received a check for $1,000 from a family member that we had not expected in any way, shape, or form. About a month after we put the cures in place, Pat got a new job making more money. A few months after that, I received an offer for my first academic job. And that's all it took. We were completely hooked. Feng shui is where it's at. So I'm telling you, I couldn't have believed it, but I did believe it then. So since then, every single house we have moved into in various cities around the country, 
we have consulted with Nancy. If there was a house that we were interested in, but not sure if the feng shui was workable, we sent uh, pictures to her and she would let us know what she thought. Once we got into the house, we sent her drawings of the layout and we would Skype with her to get advice on cures that we needed to put into place for that particular house. I even asked her to feng shui my office at um, the university in Minnesota I taught at because I was having real struggles in that job. And so I needed all the help that I could get. And some of you may be listening to this and thinking, oh, this is all hooey. I have no idea what really what that word means, but it was the first word that came to mind, <laughs> that this is all hooey and all these things that changed in our lives where it changed because of coincidence or that it was the natural order of things. And you know what? Maybe there is some of that in there. There's no question. But I will tell you that once I put feng shui principles in place in my life, there is a complete energy shift, I feel. I feel more grounded. I feel more settled. I feel more balanced. The last house that we lived in before we moved into our forever home, which we are in now, that house was a feng shui nightmare. It was on a dead-end street. The house sat below the street level. The back of the house was on a steep cliff that would drop off suddenly. It was a house that we were renting, which we had found when we first moved back to New York. And I mean, it did have some good qualities. Basically, it fit all our stuff. I had a separate room for my teaching studio, and we had great views of the Hudson River. But we really, really struggled in that house. Both of us had real issues with jobs. Money was a constant struggle. Our landlord was a nightmare. And our physical energy every time we were in the house was completely in the dumps. Basically, we weren't motivated to do anything. So we were really itching to move forward. And we really wanted to find a house of our own to purchase. But that seemed like an impossibility financially. I mean, after all, we live outside of New York City. It ain't cheap here. So we called Nancy and we told her our struggles and what we wanted. And we she feng shuied the house for us again. And she told us, and, and when she feng shuied the house for us at this point, it was for different intentions than when we had feng shuied it when we first moved in. She told us that what her intention was is that she wished that once we put these cures into place, the energy would shift to give us the opportunity to get out of that house. And sure enough, within a month, we learned that not only were we pre-approved for a mortgage, but also that because of a generous family member, we actually could afford a down payment. And even though it took about 13 months to search for a home, we finally found our forever home.
This is what I know for sure. Feng Shui always works. Sometimes it doesn't work the way you think it will or the way that you want it to, but it always works. I think about the last decade or more of my life, now that I have known and practiced feng shui, and it's interesting to reflect on the fact that I have moved and changed jobs quite a lot. Every time I feng shuied my new home, I, I really thought that that was where I was going to settle. I had found a great job. I was making more money. Things felt positive. But I never stayed in one particular place very long. And most times there was a great deal of turmoil that caused us to leave that place. But upon reflection, I realized that every time I moved, I moved up. I moved to a better job. I got more money or I found more happiness in what it was that I was doing. And again, you could argue that, you know, all of this is coincidence and the natural order of things. And maybe that's partly true. But I also credit feng shui with creating an energy, an energy in my life that allowed me to move forward and to better myself. So I'm going to give you just sort of a little background of what feng shui is and certain things that I have used to look for when I'm thinking about feng shuiing my life and my space. So there are several different schools of feng shui, but they are mainly divided into the classical school and the modern school. The classical school <clears throat> includes a method called the compass method, which uses an actual compass and numerical calculations based on the direction that your house is facing. And then sometimes it takes the birth date of the occupant occupant of that house into a factor, into figuring out where the auspicious areas are. The modern school, mainly practiced in the West, is a combination of Tibetan Buddhism, Taoism, psychology, and traditional feng shui. And this school is also referred to as the Black Hat Sect. And this is the school that Nancy practices and the school that I have learned about. So the way that you de determine the air, where the areas of your home correspond with the areas in your life is through a tool called the Bagua, B-A-G-U-A. -A. And the Bagua is a map of sorts. And it's divided in eight areas around the perimeter and a ninth area in the center. You often see it in an octagon shape, although it can also appear in a square or a rectangle. And each of these nine areas of the Bagua represent an area in one's life. So if you can sort of picture this Bagua, in front of you. In the lower left corner of the Bagua, that is the skills and knowledge area. And that represents personal strength, wisdom, and self-mastery. In the lower center area, so to the right of skills and knowledge, 
that is the career area. And then if you keep moving right, the lower right corner is the helpful people and travel area. So that area represents support, guidance, and love from close friends and unseen helpers. Above helpful people in the right center is children and creativity. And that area represents joy, creativity, and imagination. Then in the upper right corner is the love and relationships area. Then if you go to the left of that, the upper center is fame and reputation. Then to the left of that, the upper left corner is wealth and prosperity. And then right underneath wealth and prosperity is the center section <clears throat> uh, which is the, the left center, which is the family and elders area, which represents strong, healthy, loving family relationships, honesty, and forgiveness. And then finally, in the center of the Bagua is the health area, which not only represents physical health, but it also represents a balanced life. So what you do with this Bagua map is that you place it over the layout of your home and you line up the front door entrance of your home with the lower areas of the Bagua. So as you look at your house from the street, <clears throat> your front door will either be in skills and knowledge if that front door is on the left side of your house, or it will be in the career area if it's in the center of your house, or the center of the front of your house, or it will be in helpful people if it is on the right side of the front of your house. So then, seeing where your front door is according to the Bagua map, you can then figure out where all of the other areas of your house is. A couple of things that you want to look for are missing areas. If you live in an irregularly shaped house that's not a perfect square or a perfect rectangle, you may find that there are areas in the Bagua that you don't have when you place the Bagua over your house. Having a missing area is generally not a good thing there are cures for that to alleviate the effects, but that's something that you might want to address. Something else that you might want to look at is the location of bathrooms. Bathrooms are not good things in feng shui because if you think about it, the bathroom is where you flush away all of your waste and with flushing away your waste, you're also flushing away energy. There are drains everywhere, a drain in your toilet, a drain in your sink, a drain in your bathtub or your shower. And all of those drains can flush the energy away from your house. And you want to keep the good energy with you in the house. So there are more auspicious places <clears throat> for bathrooms. <coughs> Uh, than others, but having a bathroom in the wealth area 
in the health area and in the love area are usually particularly bad. Unfortunately, in this house, I have a bathroom in the wealth area of the house, and I have feng shuied the hell out of that bathroom. So the thing is that once you start exploring feng shui and, and trying to figure out how your house is situated, you can very easily get super frustrated because um, it seems like there's no house that is ever feng shui perfect. And that is absolutely the case. But when we were on the, on the hunt for houses, there were always certain things that were non-negotiables for us. And these were the things that we looked for. First of all, when we were looking into a buying a home, we didn't see any houses that were on dead-end streets or that were in cul-de-sacs. The energy of your home de depends on the energy that is around it. And on a dead-end road, the energy comes into your street from the main road, and then it gets stuck in the end rather than flowing through. And so therefore, that energy, all of the good energy, becomes stagnant. And that can make you feel stagnant in many areas of your life. So of course, if you're listening to this and you currently live on a dead-end road or in a cul-de-sac, don't worry that your life is ruined. <laughs> There are cures that you can do to alleviate the effects of the dead end, but generally it's best not to live on one if you can avoid it. So something else that we looked for was that when we walked into the house through the front door, we didn't want to be able to see a door in front of us that led out to the backyard. What that means is that when the energy, when the good energy comes into the house from through the front door, what you want it to do is you want it to circulate all around the house and keep moving through the house. But if there is a door that is opposite of the front door that is leading out into the backyard, then what happens is that the good energy comes in through the front door and then it immediately goes out through the back door. So we want to make sure that we kept the good energy flowing in. So we didn't want to be able to see any entrances or exits out to the backyard from the front door. We also steered clear of houses that when you entered the home, you could see the stove in the kitchen from the front door. The principle here is that a stove represents the wealth of the family. Basically, the more burners that you have on the stove represents the fact that you can cook for many, many people. And the more people you can cook for, the wealthier you are. And if you can see the stove from the front entrance, the good en energy entering the home will then be burnt up by the fire in the stove. 
and then the occupants will have financial difficulties. So unless we had money to do a complete kitchen renovation, we weren't going to buy a house that we could see the stove from the entrance. Something else that was important for us is that we had to make sure that the master bedroom was positioned in an auspicious place. The master bedroom should be the farthest away from the front door as possible. And what that also means is that it needs to be in the back of the house, not at the front of the house, but in the back of the house. The room that is farthest away from the front door in the back of the house is in the power position of the house. And it symbolically makes the owners feel safer and therefore they will sleep better. Three of the four houses that we've lived in before we moved into this house in the past decade, our master bedroom was in the front of the house on the second level. And even though we put cures in place, we still ended up moving away from those houses. Coincidence, maybe, but that was definitely a common denominator. There were other things that we looked for um, when, when we're looking at new houses, but generally, those were the main issues that we always looked for. Of course, you know, we had to find a, a place for the piano and uh, we had to find a place, a wall in the living room that would fit our huge entertainment center. But those weren't feng shui related. So <clears throat> the previous things were sort of the main feng shui issues that we always wanted to address. Feng shui is not a religion. It is all about energy. And it's a practice like yoga is. And it's a practice that I use to enhance my life. And it is also not necessary to feng shui every single part of your home. Focus on the areas that directly affect something specific in your life. If you want to move forward in something in your life, you're feeling stuck or there's something negative in a particular area of your life, then check out that area in your home and see if there is a way that you can enhance the feng shui a little bit so that it can start moving forward something in your life there. And the thing about feng shui is that it doesn't have to be permanent so that you can always visit those areas again once the energy has changed in some way and further enhancements may need to be made. But it works, I promise. So here's my inspiration for the week. I've read several books on feng shui and how to, how to use it that have really been helpful. One I already mentioned, The Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by Karen Rausch. 
And the other one is um, actually, oddly enough, Feng Shui for Dummies by David Daniel Kennedy, who is actually the teacher of my Feng Shui consultant, Nancy. But I was online trying to find a great quote for this week, and I found this quote from Feng Shui consultant Shivani Adalia. And she says, When you implement Feng Shui, it smoothens your journey by removing obstacles from the road ahead. But remember, you still have to drive and reach your destination. And that's true. You can't just hang a crystal and magically think that everything is going to change. The energy created by the crystal will get the life force moving with the intention that you had when you hung that crystal. But you are the one that has to take that life force and manifest its power. That's deep, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm really grateful for you for being on this journey with me. Join me next week for my next confession. I am a failed YouTube star. And remember, the only response to the question, how are you, is fabulous.